Why the fuck do people come here every day to endure this type of pressure, this this feeling of blitzkilling? I need to motivate that. We're having breakdowns left, right, and center. I'm also having a breakdown. Every time we're getting close to an infection point, it feels like the company is falling apart. It feels like everything is 10x harder than it used to be. And you come very close to wanting to quit. When you have that sweet spot of noise mixed with excitement, mixed with the attention, you have magic in a bottle. We are in our prime. We don't want to miss the prime. Just show Just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we did. Keyword. And so people everything. really started getting interested. But they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people like, are like, what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda. And I run this ship. Nick Just Nick. Can I get a Midday Squares? Midday Squares Uncensored. You know what it is. We talk about family business, entrepreneurship, chocolate, and whatever fucks are on our mind. Guys, we put a ton of energy into this podcast and we do it because we want to give entrepreneurs getting into any type of business, but we specifically are in the CPG business, uh, insights into what's actually happening on the roller coaster of scaling to $100 million. And it would be so helpful if you guys get over to Apple Music and actually rate this podcast. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment. It really helps the show grow. That's why we do it. Today, we are going to get into blitzscaling. So something that's like super important for me is blitzscaling is this thing that people throw around. And I think it's thrown around without much understanding of what the fuck it actually is and why once you decide to embark on blitzscaling, there is no going back. It's 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 one of those things that you literally cannot uh, tread back on. And so today's show, we're really going to dive into it. It's been a month since we've done the podcast. Snaps, we're back in here. Shit has been fucking crazy over here. So we're going to get you up to speed. Um, and more importantly, we're going to talk a little bit about the real real of what the fuck is going on. I mean, uh, everything that's happening is really the pains of blitzscaling. Why don't you, let's go around the table. We got, you know, Les in here, Jake in here. Let's, let's hear for how are you guys doing and, and where are you at in this, in this journey? So, um, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling okay. Um, it's been a rough couple of weeks for sure. Uh, a lot of late, late nights, lack of sleep, um, and just, um, a lot of energy, energy draining things. So I, I have to say that I'm showing up every day, but to say that I'm rested and feeling my best self, uh, is definitely not true. You haven't had a voice in like three fucking months. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's no Jake. Like it, it, I'm, isn't it? It's a bit annoying though, to have to listen to a, like a, like a rasp is better. Rasp is better. You're listen, into guys, the rasp. It, yeah. it, it hurts me when my voice is low, right? Like Do you it, have polyps. Yeah, I could have polyps on my. Uh, no, it's polyps on my. Uh, it's not healthy that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know on my t- my my tonsils. Get a check, babe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, my vocal cords. Sorry, not tonsils. My vocal cords. So, moral of the story is you're exhausted. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm really excited for our vacation coming up, July 16th. Um, I'm cl- I'm excited to close the entire entity. I know Cam was trying to like keep it open. 
and he wanted to do like shipping while we were close. I'm like, babe. Nah. By the way, for anyone who doesn't know, Cameron uh, does supply chain here at Midday Squares. And um, yeah, he I was, lives like, at babe, our I was house. like, babe, do you hunt? Yeah, he does live at our house. I was like, babe, 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 we are not keeping this place open. I need to turn off for 10 days. Yeah, you can't. Uh, quick hack for anybody in manufacturing if you actually want a vacation. At our whole, level, yeah. The whole thing needs to shut down. Yeah. There's no, there's no way around it. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing uh, good and bad. Uh, hitting highs and lows. So I'm swinging really high and really low. Um, I think anyone out there that goes through this, it's 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 good for them to hear that it does happen. Um, and it's hard to balance them. And I don't like to be in the middle. I really don't. I hate being mediocre in life. So like, I'm not going to lower the, I'm not going to lower the gap. I'm going to continue doing the gap, but find out what recharges me. So you know, I had a session yesterday with Jim, our, our, we always talk about Dr. James Gavin, our business coach. And it made me realize it wasn't even directly about this conversation. It just made me think afterwards, which is super important because when you have a conversation and you actually put value to the conversation, you go back and think about it after. So it deeply affected me and made me realize that I don't have a recharge method. I do not have any type of recharge. Over the last three years, I've not figured out what keeps me going. And Yesterday, I kind of had a mini breakdown where I kind of felt like, holy shit, the, the tank's always empty, but I just keep using the last bit of oil and gas that I have, and I just keep using that to energize my next day. But the problem with that is you keep going, 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 and then you start to actually be fully empty. And when it's dried out, there's nothing left. Yesterday, I felt dried out. And I just need to figure out deep thinking and exercises every single day, mental exercise, not physical, because I do that every day. You're jacked. You're tan. Yeah, I'm jacked and tan for the camera. You're more fucking. I wear big t-shirts. You're better though. looking wear, than you've ever looked I, in your I, entire I can't life. Talk about this. <laughs> but no, the truth is, is like I need to do mental exercises, and I think the craziest moment was yesterday. I was on a podcast. The craziest thing. This is the craziest moment, and I didn't tell the person I was having a really rough day. Zero. I, I, you know, I put on my show, got on, gave the concert energy that I needed to yes. give. The end of the show, the lady said to me. When I feel, she's talking about herself, when she feels lonely or she feels tired and lack of motivation, so I was like, holy shit, my attention started going crazy. She's like, I actually look at your profile on LinkedIn and I go to your Midday Squares' Instagram to regain my energy and refuel my tank. She's like, you should know that you actually help people like me recharge. When I heard that, I freaked the fuck out because I was like, holy shit, she doesn't Incredible. know what I'm going through right now in the moment. Yeah. And then I broke it to her. I said, listen, I I, I just, call, I, I had that breakdown today and I don't know what my recharge is. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm going through is, is just figuring out that path to recharging and sustainability of energy and bringing my energy back. And the problem is when I see these videos from day one, day five, day, day month, month 12, whatever it is, and I see that energy, I get rattled. I get, it, it puts me in a weird hole because I see it and someone posted a video from two years ago yesterday and tagged me in it and said, I need this energy back. The weirdest things were yeah, happening I, I yesterday. Yeah, I saw it. I what saw the, it. So I was like, holy fuck. The universe was speaking universe, to you. Something was speaking to me yeah. and telling me, Jake, take a second, think, figure it out and act. Yeah. That's it. It, that's why we do the show. I've, honestly, I just listening to what you were saying there was like, this is why we do the show. We don't do the show because we're trying to grow a podcast we're, or sell things. Or sell things. I mean, we sell we sell chocolate, but the show the show's here because we felt when we looked at the landscape of podcasts, 
that everybody was telling the story of entrepreneurship after it happened. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's why people show up to listen to this, is to hear you talk about what you just talked about, is that we're all literally going through, like, it, when you are taking, building a business is a constellation. We've spoken about this on the show. It is birthing a constellation of stars. It almost requires you to die in the process of birthing it. How are you feeling? I'm going to get there. Okay. (laughs) Um, But, you know, on on that point, and and that's why we're going to talk about the blitz scaling, because there's just so many ways to, I've been having a debate on on LinkedIn and Twitter a lot of these these businesses. People are just fascinated by what does it mean to raise money, build businesses? Do you do it slower? profitability, all these things. It's, it's like a constant recurring question. And that's why I really want to talk about today. As far as I'm feeling, um, I, I feel mentally so exhausted, obviously. We're at, there's been three inflection points at Midday Squares. And I think this is true for any scaling business is every time you reach an inflection point, you're like a, like a caterpillar that's in a cocoon waiting to become a butterfly. And I was telling Cameron yesterday in the car, it, every single – we've done – this is going to be our third inflection point, and that's why we're going to call it Midday Squares 3.0. Every time we're getting close to an infection point, it feels like you're being torn apart in every direction. It feels like the company is falling apart. It feels like everything is 10x harder than it used to be. And you come very close to wanting to quit. You're, you're so close to the line of wanting to quit. But, big but, there's this little fucking light that just shines, that gives you just enough hope and energy to continue pushing. And that's where I'm at is like I so badly wanted to throw in the towel last week. And I just want to say it's important that we say this because I think some founders or entrepreneurs, you don't have to be a founder to be an entrepreneur, but some entrepreneurs out there think it's 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 bad to think or say that you would throw in the towel and it's weak of you. It's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's low energy, right. low end. I want yesterday I thought about throwing in the towel. Yeah. No, I'm going to be serious. We have to speak about these things because it's real emotions that we go through and it's okay cuz that puts you in a bit of an uncomfortable zone and that uncomfortable zone allows you to actually find the light that you're talking about. And then when you see that light, it shines in the eye and it blinks. And it's like that moment and you you kind of like jolt. And it's like, and then me made me rethink. And when you think, you get back to where your your heart is telling you to go. Ground zero. Ground exactly. zero. Yeah, ground zero. And so when when we're going through this, it's all it's literally all about just finding that energy and finding it's it entrepreneurship will push you to a level that brings out stuff that you never even knew existed inside you. Oh, yeah. And so when you when you ask me, how am I feeling? Yeah, I felt for a minute like I wanted to throw in the towel. I regrouped. I came in Monday with armor on. Um, I don't even know what day we are. Where are we, Wednesday today? Wednesday. We're, we're Wednesday in our week. So for whenever you listen to this, it's Wednesday during our week. But I came in Monday and I brought a new just mental brain power to the game, which is I'm not going to 
I'm not going to create highs or lows in terms of what my expectations are of the business. The chaos that we're experiencing is where we're at in the business. It just is. Exactly. I think I think my so for me right now, this is the first time I ever experienced blitz scaling. And it is fucking intense. Um, and I think, you know, you guys talk about the light. I think what ke- actually keeps me going is the competitiveness in me. Yeah. Like, I don't, sometimes I ask myself, why are we putting ourselves through this? You know, it's so extreme. It's so intense. It's beyond us. It's, it's, we have almost no control in the world of blitzscaling right now at MDS. Yep. And so that lack of control is very hard for me to accept. Um, but the competitiveness in me is what drives me every day. It's like, I know that if I threw in the towel, I would be disappointed in myself. That's me being really honest. So that, that competitiveness keeps me going. And I think the real idea is, okay, blitzscaling in our situation has to happen, right? We're raising money. We're bringing $10 million. Well, I want to get into why it needs to happen. Right. And but finish your thought. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, for me, it's like, we're going through this. And you mentioned something, Nick, about chaos. And a couple of weeks ago, we were having um, a meeting with Joanna, who handles customer experience. And she was talking about how she wants her emails to, to get to zero, right? Every day. She wants to clear her inbox. And I remember being in the meeting with, with Nick, and he's like, Joanna, it's, it's just never going to get to zero, and you have to be okay with that, right? It's always going, there's always going to be incoming, inbound, right? Because we're growing, we're exploding, we're under-resourced, right? So that is how I've been, I've been applying that mindset to every department in this business, you know? And, and it's like, okay, we're a manufacturer. Stuff is going to happen every single day. Tomorrow's not going to be a perfect day with, with nothing happening. No, there's going to be challenges and there's going to be experiences that are going to happen that are going to rock you. But it's how you look at them. It's how you deal with them in that moment. And I'm starting to realize that every day there's going to be stuff that comes at our desk. There's going to be a new lawsuit. There's going to be a new negative experience. There's going to be a person who wants to extort us. There's going to be all these challenges every single day and that is business Mm -hmm. that is our reality and so it's how you handle them how you experience them how you digest them and and that's what i'm learning is to for to be okay living in the chaos you know blitzscaling i gotta thank blitzscaling for one thing at least in my opinion is it gives you more confidence to deal with the dreck. And dreck means just like the the stuff that pe- I find some people used to belittle us um, on calls and meetings and, you know, three young millennials, you know, just, just trying to have fun. And people think fun is a bad thing for some reason. Um, yeah, there's this weird connotation that you can't have fun and be serious. Like it's I don't really whack. No, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no it sense. It drives me nuts actually. But what I was trying to say is blitzscaling has allowed me that the fact that we were able to get to a point of inflection point of getting to blitzscaling – the idea of being able to take part in the next part of the journey allows me to be more confident when I'm on a call and not take shit. Mm-hmm. I used to eat dog poo on the, <laughs> on the calls. No, because I was fear. I had fear right. of that we're this small little thing, you know, in our own bubble, which we are small, but we are creating an amazing experience and an amazing journey. And a voice for and a community. Voice. We're, we're creating a microphone. And for a community that, that, that we want, we want to be part of this, right? And for me, it's just, I have more confidence for it. And I thank I thank the chaos that's coming from it for that confidence when I now project myself to other people. Hundred, And that is, so let's even, let's distill blitzscaling. We've done it on the show before. We're not going to get into the details of blitzscaling. There's a great course online. Just go to YouTube, Google, Google blitzscaling, read Hoffman, um, and you'll, 
there's just literally a full course of, of blitzscaling from tons of entrepreneurs that have done blitzscaling. So blitzscaling is the idea of hyper growth growing at a rate that is over 100% in growth year over year happens very quickly and it's a very it's intended on being a chaotic experience that is the common denominator amongst everybody is that blitzscaling at no point during the blitzscaling process do you feel like things are normal like it, no, it's no 100% just, how could you it's right? just sheer chaos now why would you need to blitzscale is the question well there's there's so many different reasons of why you would have to do it one me being do you believe that you need to win a market in order to dominate the market are network effects at play so when you look at linkedin facebook TikTok, why they need a blitz scale is that the more users that use the platform, the better it is, the more dominance they have and the more competitive moat they have around other people. So the faster you get to dominance, the faster it reinforces what you're trying to do. Not every business requires blitz scaling. If you have a product that from day one, you can go out and sell at 60, 70% gross margin and you can create cash and you want to be a regional player get to 5 million bucks, see where it goes and then go, that's fine. And that is that is a, a one way of doing it. But not every business has the opportunity to create cash flows early on. And that's another thing that's a common denominator on blitzscaling is that at some point, revenue is only viable at scale. And so there was two things I said before that I want to speak to you about because I think we spoke about it before the business and now you guys have really seen it in play, which is venture capital and the game of venture capital. When, you, when we started the business, we literally had to create midday squares from nothing. There was no manufacturing outlets that could create midday squares. The cost of building a manufacturing, your minimum entry price is millions of dollars. Um, then once you have a manufacturing plant, you have to get to efficiencies before you can juice gross margin out of the product. This is the impossible that's in front of you. And so how do you do it? Well, you need people to invest in. You need capital to get past that hurdle. That's why you always hear people say, food business is one of the most capital intensive businesses out there. It is if you have to start from scratch. Yeah, 100%. Once you play VC, and this I've spoken about with friends, I've spoken about with colleagues, I've spoken about with other investors, and I am so fucking passionate about this, is if you decide to get on the VC treadmill, which is raising venture capital, if you think for your right fucking mind for a second that you can jump off of that treadmill, you will be in for the rudest awakening of life. And I'll get into once we go around why it's a rude awakening. The second you take that capital to have to grow at a speed that's required for critical mass, there's no stopping. No. And and, and we knew that from the first raise that once we got on that treadmill, and I remember looking at you, Les, in the eye and Jake in the eye, I said, guys, this is a game that you cannot reverse. It's impossible. You can't decide in two years after taking venture capital that you want to be a family business that's a regional player and, you know, 
takes nice cash out of the business and we just stop growing. No, no, no. We can't stop growing. Well, the business until models million. are different. Business models are different. Yeah. So I want to hear both of you, your take on what did you think Blitzscaling was and venture capital when you started and where are you now in really understanding that journey and why founders should think hard before deciding what game they want to play? Um, I think for me, the you need to know what game you're playing. We've we've spoken about this before. I think in our last our last uh, couple of podcasts on on VC money, taking VC money and different types of money you could take and different types of business models. I think you just need to be ready for the chaos that blitzscaling um, comes with. I think at the end of the day, like Nick, like like Nick, you were saying, is when you're trying to own a market, you have to do it relatively fast. Um, and so it's accepting that and also accepting that. Things are going to happen. Um, you know, you're going to always have the chicken and the egg type of feeling for actually quite some time. But take time. us through that chicken and the egg because that, that's so important. What do you mean by it's that? It's a fucked up feeling. Like, Tell us. So right now, like, this is how I can best describe it in words. Like, you know, we go from a period of like, okay, when we started, in, when we came back from vacation in January, everything was kind of smooth sailing. Like, we were at what, $3 million or $4 million in revenue. Yeah, three and a half, four. Three and a yeah, half, yeah, you're right. Right? Exactly. In, in revenue. Then the months start going, things are good. Like things feel really like flowy. Like I'm actually, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember like gyms, Yeah, in gym sessions, I would say like business is really good right now. I love like getting up every day and going to work, whatever. And then a couple weeks, like I don't know, two a month ago, a month and a half ago, I started to feel this like intense feeling of, oh, wow, I feel like there's no control. And then when I looked at the books, it's like, okay, well, we're, our revenue run rate is $10 million. <laughs> so like we literally went from three and a half to a revenue run rate of $10 million. So yeah, we went from making 14,000 or whatever it was, 13,000 bars a day in the to plant 22, to 22,000 bars in the plant. And and all of a sudden everything is changing, right? And, and, and so now you went from feeling good to now feeling like you're in quicksand and you don't have enough people. It takes three months to hire people, minimum, good people. So now you're three months behind resource and you don't want to make the mistake on bringing someone in that's not the right fit. And so now your work is 10x and you're actually wearing 10 hats. And so while you're trying to survive, you need to bring on the right people. And, and then everybody's kind of falling apart because we're under-resourced, right? Now, whether that's money, whether that's human beings, whether that's software, right? We've just scaled. And so now you're under-resourced. And now, as a leader, I have to motivate the team. Why the fuck do people come here every day to endure this type of pressure, this, this feeling of blitzscaling? I need to motivate them, right? And, and, and we're having breakdowns left, right, and center. I'm also having a breakdown. But I don't get to have that breakdown. And so I got to motivate the team so that they show up tomorrow. And whether that's a production associate or an R&D specialist or, you know, my production manager, my media team, I have to motivate them to show up tomorrow. I remember you were telling me, and I think this is a good segue for Jayco. So I made a meeting and you're like, maybe we should just slow down. Yeah. And what? And I said because it's you fear, can't. right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you're not. So you want to slow down 
you do, your first instinct is to slow down, to be honest with you. Yes. But at the end of the day, the truth is you can't, right? I, that's what I said. I, I said I would love to do that, Les, but unfortunately we can't do that. Exactly. We're, we're in blitzkaling, and I, I will explain why you can't slow down. You do feel in the moment, right, like that you're, ha- you're, you're breaking down and you have no control. And I think once you accept that you have no control, like we spoke about at the beginning of this show, is that's when you actually start to fly. That's when you actually start to excel. It's like, hey, I don't have much control over this situation right now, but I'm going to put my best foot forward and we're going to look at this. We're going to stand back. We're going to look at this. What can we do that is in our control? And the rest is going to burn and we're going to figure it out, you know? So it's the, it goes back to in blitzscaling, you have to be able to triage. Triage and, and be okay with And we're going to go be to okay things falling burning. apart. And that's why if you're listening, it is very fucking important to read books and to go and listen to this blitzscaling course, not because you even have to learn it. You can learn a ton. Just to know that blitzscaling requires you to be okay with chaos. So, Les, you say let's slow down. I say in fucking possible. Jake. Yeah, there's no slowing down. Um, I never thought once to slow down, and I'll tell you why. Why is there no slowing down? You, I don't like the statement you have one chance, but... When you have hype, it's the in today's world, you it is impossible to gain people's attention. It is impossible to grab it. It's one of the most scarce things. You have creators all over the world creating content. You have so many things happening. When you have that door of opportunity to allow yourself into people's brains and it's picking up because of the domino effect that's happening, because the experience they're having, you need to keep enforcing that. The second you step that get you take the gas off that it completely collapses and people forget about you. It's done. It's say goodbye because it's on to the next because attention is always fulfilled no matter what. There is not a lack of things for attention. You can you have a lack of ability of attention from the consumer. So for me, it's like if we don't pounce on things, we're going to miss them. Just like in distribution for retail, not sure if anyone knows this, but if you miss your review, it's one year later that you're going back into that store. So one year later, you missed 700 door distribution doors for your company to grow. You missed that 700. Guess what? Someone else filled that space and they have no more room in the fridge for your product. Even if you are the best on the market, they can't remove it because they don't want us to do all the work that has to do with removing a product, changing the planogram, doing this. So when you have this quick chance and you have that noise around you, you got to use it all together to to grow. And I'm talking about from a demand standpoint. I'm not talking about from an ops standpoint. That's the, that's important to context. I want to say something on ops after. Yeah. So demand to me, yes, you could find demand always. You could try to figure it out. But when you have that sweet spot of noise mixed with excitement, mixed with the attention, you have magic in a bottle. The magic in the bottle doesn't always exist. And that's what I want to say. Did Michael Jordan's team, were they able to play when he was 45 years old? Was he able to be the Michael Jordan he was? No. I don't think so. No, he, he wasn't. He took advantage of winning those seven titles in or whatever prime. it was in his prime. We're in our prime. Whether that's an op standpoint, that's not that's not my topic of conversation. From a demand standpoint and hype, we are in our prime. We don't want to miss the prime. Yep. We're in that quick zone. So that's what I think of that. But from a standpoint of venture capital fund, when you take that on, when I originally thought before taking on VC money in 2018, 2019, my first thing was it's for hype. That was my first opinion because I read the news. I read yeah. I read articles and stuff like that. Thought it was for hype. I'm like, we got to do it. It's amazing. Let's get the hype machine. Who cares? Give up equity. Get the dollars. Put the million dollars sign on an article. Blah, blah, blah. Then 
furthest I, thing from the truth. Furthest thing from the truth. But then I did deep dives on it, and this comes to books. So I think you wanted you brought up books. Yeah. When you read the books, you learn that this kind of money is to fuel growth. And these people that join in on your journey, these partners of yours, they have a they have an agenda as well, and no, they should have an agenda. Mm. They're giving you hard earned dollars. Yeah. To because they believe in the entity and they believe in the people to go out there and win so that their shareholder value will go up because who's to say that they don't want to put it in the equity market, the stock market, yeah. where it's earning 10% a year on average? Okay, they could put their $5 million there in five years and get paid, blah, blah, blah. So they have an opportunity cost. And if you don't know what opportunity cost is, go read an economics 101 book because it will explain you the importance of that because it applies to every angle Everything, of your life. Every decision you make. So their opportunity cost is high. And they expect, and you agree with the expectations because you are taking on growth money when you growth. take on venture capital money. Well, you just brought money. up a good point about opportunity. And you guys bring this up a lot, which is, which is, hey, Les, we got to raise money now. There's opportunity. Or we got to go public at this point. There's opportunity. The market's not always there. It's the money's not. not always flowing. No. So part of that is blitzkilling, right? But, Prime. But I do want to say something on ops. And 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 so, okay, you mentioned about not slowing down. Fabulous breakdown, by the way. Yeah, I, I love, love that. that. I love that. So, okay, you guys mentioned on not slowing down. I want to mention one thing, though, for the, the, the listeners is – you don't have to slow down, but you need to be strategic at one point. Oh, fucking right. So mm -hmm. when we had the issues in the warehouse um, happening, we needed to look at the company as a whole. Where are there complexities that are unnecessary and what is necessary? And so removing the unnecessary doesn't mean slow down, but it means let's get rid of the complexities of this business so we could take on that retailer that we need to take on at this time, even if we're not ready for it. But you know what? We removed other things to be able to accommodate this because this is something we need. So I think ultimately you need to look at your company as a whole and you need to see where can we either slow down or remove, but where can we not? Where can we absolutely not because it's detrimental to the business? And before you continue, playing offense comes back to this, this thing where we always say, don't play defense, play offense. The, the offense is fixing the problem, the triage system that you yeah. had to fix. But here's the here's a statement which I love to say because a lot of entrepreneurs that I speak to, at least in the food beverage space specifically, they'll say, oh, well, why would you spend on that? Let's say a merchandising team, okay? Why would you spend on that? Do you have the dollars to spend that monthly? And we, the truth is we don't. No. Right, right. But let's let, let's play it out. Let's reverse engineer oh, the you're, situation. You're, you're laying up the layup for me. I'm so ready. Release me this. when you can. So, okay, we launch a store with 100 stores. Let's just talk about this, okay? Great. We launched it. Our biggest problem is placement. So right. we launch it and we expect, okay, great. First PO comes in. We're killing it. The model's up. The revenue's <laughs> up. Guess what? Half the products now in the back of the fridge, half half the products on the didn't shelf. Didn't even make office, it on the floor. Make, so it's like, okay, you're going to tell me for me to go spend that five Gs an extra month to fix the problem, which will end up turning more dollars to bring us to where we need to hit our revenue markers is not worth it. They're like, no, but it costs so much up front. It's like, babe. Well, that's why you need capital. You need capital. But babe, you got to play offense. You can't sit there and just say, okay, we did the one thing. It's great. It will it will fix itself. Things don't fix itself. Let me in, coach. coach. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sitting there. You guys are firing me fucking up. Go Habs, go. So, oh, yeah, go Habs, go. So yeah, for everybody that, that's listening, we're Montrealers. Game and, two uh, tonight. It's game two, Stanley Cup finals. Allez les boys, allez les boys, <laughs> allez les boys. Okay, so. Why you can't turn back once you decide blitzscaling. Number one, markets historically reward growth. It's just a situation. 
We went back to this in the last episode. Scarcity is what has value. Very few companies are breaking out of mid-market, 50 to 100 million of revenue. Very few companies break past that. Once you break past that, you become a thing that is scarce to a market uh, like the stock market or investors, period, because you have growth. Now, one of the key philosophies of blitzscaling in the course is to not worry about the bottom line. What do I mean by that? Because people are going to be like, now we're in a world of where people don't look at cash flow, EBITDA, all that jazz, which is just profitability of a company. This is all true. We're not discarding that. But what Blitzkaling says is that if you have a clear path to get to a billion dollars of revenue and you know what needs to be done, don't over-optimize the business in order to get there because scale will solve 99% of the problems. And what does that mean? That means if you need a media company to get the billion dollars, get your media company. If you need 40 merchandisers, get your 40 merchandisers. Do what is required for that growth. And the market will continue to reward you for your work. What happens though, based on fear, when you're going through blitzscaling, is a moment happens where you continuously are pissing money. Yeah. Your instinct always as an entrepreneur is to want to stop that. We need to stop that. And then these little ideas start to creep into your mind of, well, maybe we shouldn't hire that next person. Mm. Maybe Mm. we should not launch that city because it doesn't make full sense right now. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should cut back on this. Look at my voice, what just happened. Everything just switched to defense. Mm -hmm. And the second that happens, you ruin your ability to blitzscale. Now I'm going to break why. You go out, you raise around, you get a $10 million valuation. You go do some growth. All right. You know that you're trading at for every dollar you do in revenue, you can probably get four to six times on the market. So if you did a $10 million valuation, to, to you have to get to a growth point of where you reward those initial shareholders with a new round and you make sure that the company doesn't dilute. It has to get bigger by definition. So you go out, you hustle, you hustle, you hustle. Then you bring the value to 20, 30, 40 million and you need more money. You go out, do another raise. The market rewards you for growth. For whatever reason, if defensibility comes into your mind and you actually execute on defense while you're in blitzscaling and you just don't hit that growth metric and money runs out at just the wrong time and you go back to the market where you can't justify that next raise because it gets harder every time and you do a thing called a flat or down round, meaning you need money, but you haven't built enough value to increase the value of the company, all of a sudden the sharks start to circle. And the investors that come out for down rounds start to play. And the guys that want to back growth can't because you haven't done what they needed you to do and they can't reward you. Mm. And then you get into a cycle of where the down round guys come in. Guess what? They crack a deal. You need it. You're desperate. They come into the business. 
and they make money off of incepting defensibility into your head because now they want to start prepping the company for selling or private equity and so they want to start cleaning up that. So now they start putting pressure on you to clean up the bottom line, to fire the media you team don't need, yeah. that you don't need. And it's a vicious downward spiral. It's vicious. And then usually, just to really drive it home, you end up in a situation where the founders get crushed because of the down rounds. You end up losing most of your equity. A fire sale happens. All the investors prior to you had these things called preferential um, liquidation rights. So as you sell the company for lower than what your highest valuation is, those people get preference and you walk away with a measly check. And then your brand is probably going to go on to explode without you ever owning it and seeing the or doesn't. upside. Or, 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 or completely shut. Or, yeah, or completely, completely shut. Like it, it just goes downhill. And that is the danger of... Going back once you decide going to go. back once you go. And and so I say when you when you want to do blitz scaling, it's very similar to deciding to climb Yosemite Mountain without a cord. You you Can't don't go, go back, back yeah. midway. You Can't. just you either fall off and die or you go up. Yeah. I think that's the thing too, is like during this whole entire time of this blitz scaling, and because we've been going at it for almost three years. I now know when it's happening. Um, and this last time, I just started saying to myself, like, all right, if it's all going to go to shit, that is life. And that allows me to not be scared. Baby, you have a long way of blitz scaling, 10 to 100 million. It's, I know. It's- like at the end of the day, when I first started Midday Squares and like we would have been in a, our first blitz scaling period, you know, of going from 250,000 to let's say a million, um, I was so scared. Um, of fucking up, of underperforming, of not being what I needed to be for you guys, for the business. And now I'm just like, when I go to sleep at night, I'm really learning to go to sleep and wake up and, you know, it is what it is. I'm giving it my all. And and that's it. And I think, you know, when we speak about what we're scared of here, I'm the one thing I'm scared of is not showing up for you guys. The one thing I'm scared of is not showing up for the team. Like, is getting in my own way, to be honest. Well, you said it yesterday in our session, to me, at least, um, my only enemy is myself. Exactly. And that's the truth. All three of us. All three. But I think it applies to all three. Not as much to everyone, but we let ourselves beat us, beat us down. We literally go into a, a boxing A lot of our room. team members experience that. Yeah, but it's like going into a boxing round yeah. and having your arms down with, a, with another character. And the other character is you, actually, that knows your weaknesses mm-hmm. and is going to take advantage and just swing. When they know you're going to go left, they'll smash you right in the head. And I think that's where... It comes down to the mental exercises that we talked about at the beginning of the show and, you know, being prepared and accepting things and, and knowing that um, you can't live in the future. You can't live in the past. You just got to right. go day to day. And when you go day to day, you're starting to block. You start bringing your hands back up. You move Bang. around. And that's it. 90% of the fucking battle of beating bit scaling, owning it, fucking taking it by the shirt is you being this is, i find no no founders are speaking about this 90% of blitz scaling is mental preparation yes it is it has nothing to do with what actually happens on the day to day is how strong could you become mentally what's that teflon that you can put in your exactly. fucking brain how long can you stay in the pocket yeah exactly the the, the truth is you know I, like definitely like as we as we just end this eps it 
it really cut. You like that, eh? Eps. Eps. I never heard As that we end this eps, the, the main takeaway for all of you listening is listen to the show. Listen to other entrepreneurs. Get your support system going so that you become fucking Teflon. And if you decide to go blitz scale, number one, I commend you. I salute you. And I, I fucking am there for you. But there ain't going back. You can't go back. There's no backwards in blitz scaling. And that's, that's the point of this show. Can you read the quote, not the quote, the, what you read on Twitter to me last night? Oh, fuck. Because that was really, that summed up how I was feeling. And I want you to share that with the team, actually. So one of the main things we were reading last night is that in the road to blitzscaling is the one thing that I found solitude. This is somebody. I don't know who they are. This is their quote, not our quote. The one solitude I found in this whole experience is that the idea of comfort is just a mirage. It is just an illusion that the chaos of it is the journey I'm chasing. And, and that is the beauty. That's what keeps us in the game. That's what we're all addicted to. Just sometimes we forget we're addicted to that. Mm. To that. That's cool. Fear breaks you, but we're all addicted to the chaos. So embrace it, enjoy it, have fun. Life is just a game to be had and a journey to have fun with love it why are you laughing no i i agree with it, it is just a just a game that we're all playing in so let's fucking go three two one ole 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 midday squares uncensored that's a wrap go out blitz scale get shit done and we will see you on the next one